0: I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is PsychHacks Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is Can People Change? Well, the short answer is yes, with a but. People absolutely can change. I would either be in the wrong profession or a shameless huckster if I didn't believe that to be true. I'm in the business of helping people change, and I see it happen all the time. At one level of comprehension, people can't not change and this is because change is really the only constant in life. Now, that change can often occur so gradually that we don't notice it and or so unintentionally that we don't feel like we control how we change, but we all change nonetheless. That said, this isn't really the spirit in which this question is asked. When people generally ask whether people can change, they want to know if radical personality transformation is possible, either for themselves or for someone else with whom they're in a relationship. And again, yes, radical transformation is possible. Inveterate alcoholics can change. Borderlines and narcissists can change. Destructive and self-destructive people can change. But, remember, the answer is yes with a but, but they often don't. In fact, the safe bet in any particular case is that they probably won't and you shouldn't hold your breath waiting around for them to do so. So that begs a question, what differentiates the folks who undergo a radical personality change from those who do not? In the vast majority of cases, the folks who undergo a radical personality change are those who hit bottom. And hitting bottom is when the circumstances of your life become so unsustainable that, they are, that you are functionally forced to choose between making a radical change or death. In my experience, nothing else is really capable of producing such an outcome. And even when such a transformation occurs, there will be forces that will act to frustrate its completion. Now, one of the greatest works of art that we have available to us on this subject is Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. Most people are familiar with this work through the musical adopted from its text, which is also excellent. In fact, it's my favorite musical. The main plot line, which narrates the decades-long pursuit of ex-convict Jean Valjean by police inspector Javert, is actually a protracted debate over whether it's possible for people to truly change. Let's take a closer look, shall we? Jean Valjean is the protagonist of the story. He served 19 years of hard labor for stealing a loaf of bread to feed his starving nephew. When he is finally released on parole, he can't get work anywhere because of his status as an ex-convict. He is poor and desperate and filled with hate over the injustice he has suffered, and he eventually resorts to stealing once again, this time from a priest who shelters him for the night. However, when Valjean is captured the next morning with the stolen goods, rather than turn him in, the priest not only covers for Valjean, but makes him an additional gift of a pair of candlesticks as well. This is likely the first kindness Valjean experienced in over 20 years, and the priest's mercy serves as an indisputable counterfactual to his dominant worldview, namely, that the law of the universe is an eye for an eye a cruel and implacable place. What follows is a number called Valjean's Soliloquy, which is a fantastic example of what hitting bottom looks like. I've included a link to Hugh Jackman's powerful rendition in the description below. In the beginning, he reiterates his story, and it's the story of every angry, hateful person. If there's another way to go, I missed it 20 long years ago. My life was a war that could never be won. They gave me a number and they murdered Valjean when they chained me and left me for dead just for stealing a mouthful of bread. All the core components of a self-victimizing narrative are there. I had no other choice. It's too late for me anyway. The world is unfair. I didn't do anything. In any case, what they did is much worse. My rage is justified, etc. The crisis point comes about two minutes into the song. When, moved by the pain of his contrition, he asks on his knees, what spirit comes to move my life? Is there another way to go? Notice what happens in the score. The music becomes all tension, with the strings vibrating back and forth, like he's walking on a tightrope. This is the moment of danger. Will his hatred and self-pity cause him to fall into perdition, or will he make the leap into an unknown possibility. And then listen to his decision. I'll escape now from that world, from the world of Jean Valjean. Excellent. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, it is not possible to experience anything outside of your consciousness. One of the consequences of this is that the quality of yourself comes to imbue everything that you perceive with itself. So that reality becomes a reflection of your own being. Valjean finally understands that to escape from the cruel and hateful world, he must resolve the cruelty and hatred inside of himself. That is, the world of Jean Valjean. He goes on. Jean Valjean is nothing now. Another story must begin. Again, excellent. Another story must begin? Well, what was the first story? If you think about it, it could only be Jean Valjean. That's right. Who you think you are, what you think about the world, these are stories that you tell yourself. They are not who you are, because it is not possible for any story to contain the story maker. They exist on two different ontological planes. And any story that you tell yourself can be retold by that same self. This is the creative potential of the free will, which may be the spark of the divine that exists within all of us. And that new story must begin because if it doesn't, Valjean will die. Physically, spiritually, or both. And with this conviction, he strides out of the chapel and rips up his parole papers, symbolizing the obliteration of who he has been up until that point. His eyes are wild and intense because intensity is required for, to complete the transformation. This is not something that can be undone. Valjean holds his last note through three violent, ascending horn blasts as if to confirm the strength of his resolve before the score explodes into the glorious main theme of the musical. It's like the whole universe is celebrating Valjean's decision. You did it! And we leave Valjean standing in a graveyard next to a cross, which symbolized the death of his former self and his resurrection as a new man, respectively. It's the best shot in the whole movie. And that's hitting bottom. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message, because it's word-of-mouth referrals like this that really help to make the channel grow. You can also hit the Super Thanks button, the three little dots in the lower right-hand corner, and tip me in proportion to the value you feel that you've received from this episode, because it's your donations that make all of this happen, and I really appreciate your support. Now, back to Les Mis. At this point, the action skips ahead eight years. Valjean has assumed a new identity and has become a respectable member of society. He's the mayor of a town and the owner of a factory that employs hundreds of workers. However, despite his transformation and his commitment to his new self, he can never truly escape his past. A chance encounter leads Inspector Javert, whose duty it is to hunt down those who have broken parole, to recognize Valjean as former convict, prisoner 24601. Now, let's talk about Javert. Despite being the antagonist, Javert is not really a bad guy. This is because, as in all great works of art, The primary tension here is not between good and evil, which is very simplistic and does not really help us navigate reality where, in any case, such distinctions are rarely, if ever, so obvious, but between two mutually incompatible worldviews. Dostoevsky was great with this. In any case, Javert represents the principle of constant justice, of law and order. In his view, people can't change to Javert, good is good and evil is evil, and we need law and justice to protect the former from the latter. Or everything falls apart. After all, if the righteous can fall and the spiritually dead can be reborn, then really all conceptualizations of good and evil would kind of be useless, as you could never really tell who was who. In any case, Javert isn't wrong. We do need justice and order, and Valjean isn't right. People can't really run from their pasts, but they absolutely represent two mutually incompatible worldviews, and the whole dramatic action of the story is a discussion of which worldview will ultimately win out. As Javert insists in his final song, there is nothing on earth that we share. It is either Valjean or Javert. They are each other's shadows, in the sense that each represents the unchosen path of the other. As we learn in The Confrontation, link in the description, Javert was born in a jail, but chose a path as an officer of the law, while Valjean, born in freedom, freely chose to break that law. As Javert says, every man is born in sin, every man must choose his way. Finally, in this scene, Javert explicitly tells Valjean, men like you can never change, men like me can never change, which makes explicit the fundamental tension between them. If Javert is right, then Valjean is and will always be escaped convict 24601, who has cowardly assumed a new identity to evade justice. And if Valjean is right, then Javert is doomed because his arrogance presumes that his continued righteousness is assured. In fact, at the very deepest level, the story of Le Mis is Biblical. Javert represents the law of the Old Testament, a retributive justice that calls for an eye for an eye. There are laws, so many laws, that must be followed. There are punishments for their violation and rewards for their observation. On the other hand, Valjean represents the good news of the New Testament, that salvation is possible even for the most miserable of sinners, and that through the death of the self, a new man can be reborn through the transfigurative mystery of the cross. Which worldview will win out? It is either Valjean or Javert. It's important to note that though radical transformation is possible, we can't really escape our past In AA, when an addict undergoes a sudden transformation and expects everyone, including all those he may have repeatedly harmed over the years, to accept him as this new person, they call this a spiritual bypass. Radical transformation does not absolve a person from the necessity of making amends. And we see this once again in Les Miserables. While the rest of his life could potentially be considered Valjean's attempt to make amends for the crimes of his past, he has the opportunity to practically escape the consequences of his action by allowing an innocent man who had been falsely arrested for being escaped convict 24601 to go back to prison in his stead. During his years as the mayor, Valjean had done well, but he was still in hiding, still running from his past still running from Javert. Valjean confirmed the reality of his transformation by revealing himself and surrendering to justice. Without this step, we can make no continuity between our former and our transformed selves, which is to live as a fabrication, a man without a past. To truly transform, we not only need to hit bottom, but we have to non-defensively accept the crimes of our past, Otherwise, we are in continual violation of our parole. We have all done wrong. We are all imperfect people. We are all 24601. However, not only would we prefer that other people not know this, we would generally prefer that we ourselves were not aware of this as well. And we spend a lot of energy hiding this from others and hiding this from ourselves, but Javert is relentless. No matter how much we change, no matter how much growth and healing and transformation we undergo, there will always be an element inside of us that says something like, who do you think you're fooling? I can see right through you. Once an addict, always an addict. Once a depressive, always a depressive. Once a loser, always a loser. Like Javert, there is a pull toward order and self-consistency, even if the self to whom we are consistent is perverse and destructive. So we can also potentially view the antagonism between Valjean and Javert as the psychic conflict between the conscious personality striving for disruptive change and the judging superego seeking for ordered constancy. And that's the larger theme of the story itself, which takes place at the brink of revolution, of a society. Are we going to disrupt, uh, have a disruptive action for positive change, or are we going to repressively seek to keep things the way they've always been? So it's mirrored not just at this individual level, but on the social level in the story as well. So what happens in the end? Well, since they are each other's shadows, what happens to Javert in the end of the story is what happens to Valjean in the beginning. His worldview is incontestably challenged by an act of mercy. When Valjean spares Javert's life, Javert is unable to reconcile his conceptualization of Valjean as a fallen criminal with the counterfactual evidence of Valjean as a merciful savior. If Javert was right and people cannot change, then Valjean should have killed him. And if Javert was wrong and people can change, then his past self must die. Either way, Javert is checkmated. He has hit bottom. However, rather than taking the leap into faith through the possibility of resurrection to escape from the world of Inspector Javert, he takes a literal leap off a bridge into death to escape from the world of Jean Valjean. This final act makes Javert a tragic figure, a man who ultimately becomes ensnared in his own self-consistency. And the old laws have been dissolved in light of a new possibility of redemption. Like I said, this story is fantastic, and I would highly recommend that you either see the musical or read the book for yourself. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As usual, thank you for listening.